Hebrews 11, verse 21. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. Genesis chapter 48, verses 1 through 20. After this, Joseph was told, Behold, your father is ill. So he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And it was told to Jacob, Your son, Joseph, has come to you. Then Israel summoned his strength and sat up in bed. And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will make you of you a company of peoples and will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession. And now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine as Reuben and Simeon are. And the children that you fathered after them shall be yours. They shall be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. As for me, when I came to Paddan, to my sorrow, Rachel died in the land of Canaan on the way when there was still some distance to go to Ephrath. And I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. When, when Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, who are these? Joseph said to his father, they are my sons whom God has given me here. And he said, bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age so that he could not see. So Joseph brought them near him and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face and behold, God has let me see your offspring also. Then Joseph removed them from his knees and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left hand and Manasseh in his left hand towards Israel's right hand and brought them near. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh, crossing his hands, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the boys." And in them, let my name be carried on in the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. When Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he took his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, not this way, my father, since this one is the firstborn, put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a people and he also shall be great. Nevertheless, his younger brother shall be greater than he and his offspring shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day saying, by you, Israel will pronounce blessings saying, God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. Thus, he put Ephraim before Manasseh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Another fatherly blessing, Mm -hmm. um, this time coming from Israel himself, formerly known as Jacob. So what are are your thoughts on this passage? Yeah. So 
you know, here it feels like we have some information being kept from us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the sort of interesting thing or the question that comes to my mind is like, okay, well, why did Jacob swap his hands mm-hmm. and bless the younger in one way and the yeah. older in another way? And, and it seems like there's no indication here that there's favoritism again. It feels yeah. like, like, okay, this isn't Isaac. Okay. This isn't, uh, this isn't Abraham. It, it seems like this is of the Lord. Like yeah, something totally. is happening here. And uh, Jacob seems to be acting in faith by blessing these children in such a way that uh, the blessing is going to correspond with with what actually happens. And it's going to result in uh, their good even, but also God's glory. And so there's something there that we just don't know about. How did how did Jacob get that information? Um, there's There's some mystery, but what we see is, is one way or another that Jacob possessed faith and he trusted in his God and he pronounced these blessings. Um, so, you know, there's, there's something interesting there, but one way or the other, Jacob was acting faithfully, but he did this with a staff. Um, and so, uh, our, our passage says that, uh, there was something about the staff that was significant. Um, uh, he, uh, bowed in worship over the head of his staff. And, you know, if you look at different sort of uh, commentaries or backgrounds, uh, a lot of what this is going to talk about is that uh, the staff is a representative of Jacob being a sojourner, a stranger in a foreign land. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so here we have Jacob um, uh, away from the promised land, blessing his grandchildren. And in a chapter later, he's going to bless his children as they go to the promised land and uh and in doing so he's uh uh he's trusting that the lord is going to again make good on his promises yeah. and so yeah. um I, I think we see something of the the sure belief that jacob has that god's gonna do good uh and and he leans into it yeah this is such a motif like throughout the scriptures where the the blessing of the lord does not fall where the people expect it to, you know, uh, another, you know, very prominent example is Mm -hmm. the anointing of David and and, um, Jesse uh, doesn't even present David and he he presents like his oldest sons and Samuel, you know, just the Lord withholds Samuel from anointing any of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then David, who was seemingly not even worth considering for the anointing, becomes, you know, God's chosen one and the man after God's own heart. And it also carries through in the, into the New Testament. And I think this passage from Luke 22 is really fascinating when we're thinking about this. This is 22 verse 24 through 30. It says, a dispute also arose among them as to which of them that is the disciples was to be regarded as the greatest. And Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For who is greater, one who reclines at table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. So Jesus presents himself as the servant and that is the paradigm for the kingdom of God where the least are the greatest and the greatest are the least. And so, you know, I I think it's kind of hard to wrap our mind around these interesting old Testament 
fatherly blessings and like why, who did what. But what we see here is that faith does not follow, you know, the the power structures and paradigms of our cultures or societies. It it simply follows the the decree of the Lord. And and so, you know, I think that that is just a great word for us today is that you know, the, the, the Lord looks on the least that he looks on the youngest and, and those of low estate mm-hmm. and that those are the first thing in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. And so the great amongst us should boast in their weakness mm-hmm. and the, the least amongst us should, should boast in, in the idea that God has, has made them great. And so, Amen. um, yeah, it strikes me that there's going to be a never ending, um, amount of opportunity for us to seek to define greatness in light of the way that the world defines greatness, especially here in Atlanta, especially with driven, successful people being around us. There's lots of ways that we can, I think, misunderstand what truly matters. And we get a little glimpse here that, uh, just as you said, the the Lord um, is the sort of God who is inclined towards the weak and the least of these, uh, and he actually holds them up uh, to demonstrate his strength, but also to make them something special. Amen. Well, a great word from Hebrews 11 once again. We'll see you tomorrow for Jackson Randall. This is Will Carlisle. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.